The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, this next one is a short devotion that I gave to uh, the staff at the school that I work at uh, as part of a series that we're doing at the moment on 1 Corinthians. Uh, normally, uh, there's another senior minister that, f- that comes in and leads this devotion time, but today he couldn't make it. Uh, so I've subbed in. Uh, and so it's on 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I uh, hope you enjoy this next little Bible bit. Good morning, everybody. Welcome today. Uh, I was going to say to chapel, uh, but to morning prayers. Jason sends his apologies this morning. uh, And so uh, you've got me this morning as we continue to think through uh, 1 Corinthians this morning. Uh, We're going to be focusing in on 1 Corinthians 11 today, uh, which was part of our reading from yesterday morning. Um, As I thought about this verse, I remembered that when I was a child, I often thought about my uncle Jeffrey when I was a child uh, during church on a Sunday morning. It's a bit of a strange thing to say and a strange person to think about in the middle of the church. But the reason I would think of him in church is because my Uncle Jeff had a terrible habit of belching really loud at the dinner table. Uh, Like a really big guttural burp that would just make my grandmother scowl at him across the dinner table, make my dad shake his head in disgust and make my mum just roll her eyes in the back of her head because this was her disgusting brother. Uh, I remember the day that I heard that and I tried it. It's safe to say that I just did not get away with it. Um, It's a weird thing to say that I would think about in the middle of church, but the reason I thought about it was because at my church as a child, at Tarmore Baptist Church, uh, the elder or the pastor, before we did communion, would read from verse 27 up in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. And I thought, for sure, this meant burping at communion. You're not allowed to burp at communion. You're not allowed to have any sort of gut movement. You've got to be really sensible. Make sure that you you remember your manners. Keep your elbows off the pews as you eat communion. But seriously, though, obviously that's wrong. Uh, This is something quite different. For Paul, there was something serious going on in Corinth that he needed to address. You see, Paul is very, very unimpressed with the manner in which God's people are coming together for the Lord's Supper. My screen has just gone to sleep here. Sorry about that. Um, And so he addresses that here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we see it there in verse 18 and on. He notices, first of all, that there are differences in verse 18, that there are divisions in verse 18 and 19. There are even people who are being snobby and have this elite attitude to the way that they eat and the way that they gather together as God's people. As they came together to share the Lord's Supper, 
Paul couldn't call it the Lord's Supper because they were so selfish and so inward looking that there were some people who would go hungry all at the same time other people were eating and drinking to the excess to the point where he says that some people are even getting drunk at these suppers. The church is even being humiliated because of this selfish behaviour. In verse 22, this is humiliating and terrible behaviour by God's people as they're supposedly, supposedly been meeting together to gather to eat the Lord's meal. But the thing is, the, the gathering like this, this meal isn't supposed to be like this, is it? This gathering, the Lord's Supper, is to be all about Jesus about remembering him and about proclaiming him to one another, but also to others until the day that Jesus returns. And Paul says that in here in verse 23. It's up on the screen. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, The cup of the new covenant is my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Gathering together like this for God's people is an opportunity to remember Jesus to gather together in his name and to remember all that he has done when he died on the cross. And we're to remember that until the day that he comes back, says Paul. And to do it in another way, to do it in a drunken way, in a disrespectful way, in a way that doesn't include everyone else, that's unworthy. Paul even goes as far as to say this is not a matter of praise or encouragement, but rather, verse 29, this is something that brings judgment to eat and to drink in an unworthy manner. As we read this together, I think here is an opportunity for us to self-examine, to think before I eat, before I drink in the name of the Lord, whatever I do, Do I do it in a manner that is worthy of the Lord? And earlier on in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, remember Paul says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. No matter what we do, we do it for the Lord. So I want to think for a moment about this Sunday. As you focus together on gathering together in the name of Jesus in your church communities. I want to say, when you gather together in your church communities, not if you gather together. It is a priority for God's people to gather together. The writer of Hebrews says, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's do it more and more. We must gather together. But when you gather together, are you doing so well? Are you doing so in a way that is honouring to God. So when you share the meal of communion, maybe you haven't done it in a long time because of COVID though, right? It's been a bit weird, hasn't it? But whatever you do, do you do that in remembrance of the Lord Jesus until he finally comes? Or when you gather together at church, do you come together to just gather and mingle with your favourite people? Or do you sit in your favourite seat at church and just have this 
inward solo worship time where you don't talk to anyone else and you have this more holy than thou moment in church? Do you seek out the edgy personalities at church, seeking to include them into the gathering of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you gather together at church for the sake of Christ in others? What a challenge for our weekend, right? But we have a different situation, don't we? We are a school today. And so as I think about this and I think, well, what's the application for us as we begin our day together at our school? I want to ask, are we concerned about others around us? As we gather together in the name of the Lord, are we concerned about others? Are metaphorically, metaphorically, are people around us going hungry while others are going about drunk, living in the excess while others are excluded from the people of God? Do we just go on about our own private Christian business without actually proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ to those who maybe don't even yet know him? You see, we don't come together today to eat and to drink the Lord's Supper, but we do gather today because the Lord's body was broken for us, right? We do gather together because Jesus' blood has been poured out for us. And so this must motivate us this morning. This must stir us up today to think outside of ourselves and to think towards others in service of others, in consideration of others. So much so as to say we've got to live today in a way that we proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ to others. To hold people to consider what does it mean to live a life through Christ. I hope that you are challenged today to look outside of yourself and in whatever you do, to do it for the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have in fact sent Jesus for us to take the punishment for sin which we deserve. We thank you that we can do things that remind us about Jesus. And we thank you particularly for the Lord's Supper that we share together in communion often. Lord, we pray though that you would help us not to be inward looking as your people. Help us to be outward looking and to do things which are praiseworthy and for the glory of your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder, or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that, and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.